Uh, we're in the third week of a series uh, called Big Faith. And uh, what we've been talking about is this, is that God, in a real sense, um, what it wants us to have this big faith. And I kind of raised this question, what if we believed that God really existed and we had perfect faith in him? What if you were absolutely confident that God was with you every step of the way? Would it lower your stress level in life? Would it lower the level of anxiety you had if you were constantly, totally uh, a person of faith where God, you just trusted God with everything? Some people call it blind faith, I call it mature faith, and I think that's the way the Bible describes it. And in this series, what we've been talking about is that, uh, and the kind of structure of the series has been this, is that we believe that God uses different catalysts to grow our faith. He uses different catalysts in our life, and these are not necessarily listed in the Bible anywhere. They're not a list of to-do things. They're simply observations about how God uses different things in life. And so we started last week, and the first of the five catalysts we talked about was this whole thing of practical teaching. Practical teaching. It shows us where we are and, and where we need to go. And we talked about how God, how Jesus himself in Scripture uh, said it's not just about knowledge, but it's about uh, application. And if we simply understand Scripture, but we don't do what it says, we will never grow in our faith at all. And so we talked about that last week. This week, we're going to talk about the second of these things that God uses to grow our faith, and the second that we call providential relationships. And I want to talk all about that today, so I'm going to kind of just leave it there. The third thing that we'll talk about in the next three weeks after this, we'll talk about private disciplines, about how God in our lives, when we, when we learn how to pray, when we learn how to study God's Word, we spend time with God, all the different things we do in, in uh, private disciplines, that God uses that as a faith catalyst in all of us as well. Another one is what we call per- pivotal circumstances, and we'll probably hear some faith stories in a couple of weeks uh, about uh, people that have gone through some stuff, that a pivotal circumstance, it can be a, a bad thing, it can be a good thing, that God uses that, to catalyze and help us to, to, in a sense, to force ourselves to look at God more and to examine where we are with Him. And then finally, we're going to end up by talking about personal ministry. And personal ministry is that area where all of a sudden we become a believer in Christ and we're challenged to step into some kind of a role that we may not be feel comfortable in. We may be asked to uh, work in a children's area. We may be, may be asked to work with a youth group. We may be asked to lead a small group. We may be uh, out in a community. We may be asked to do something that we feel like we're ill-equipped to, to do, and what happens is that God uses that as well to grow our faith. And these are the five catalysts that we see that, that every time we hear stories, in a real sense, uh, we, we see that God uses all of these things in people's lives in, in interchangeable ways to grow their faith. Now today we're going to talk about this whole idea of providential relationships, and this whole thing of how people come into our life in, in certain places in our life and because of our interaction and our crossing uh, our paths with them, that they help us um, take a leap forward in faith. So last week we had kind of a man-on-the-street interview thing going on where some people were interviewed and asked the question, who has been most influential in your life and uh, helping you to grow in your faith? So watch this right now before we go any further. Now, you've heard all this um, kind of prompted you, and probably as you were listening to this, you probably thought of people in your own lives that if, if you're a believer uh, in Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, you probably thought of people along the way that have influenced you as well. Um, so I'm going to get you to do something this morning that makes you totally uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, if I was sitting out there, I'd be totally uncomfortable. So uh, just, I thought, well, I, you know, this is part of church. Uh, now, um, what I want you to do 
is uh, there's people, there's, I want you to think about one of two questions, and I want you in a moment to turn to someone, <laughs> you know I was going to say that, didn't you? Uh, turn to someone and just share uh, the name of someone. Uh, if, number one, the first question is, who did God bring into your life that helped your faith to grow, so if you're a believer? Now, I understand on a Sunday morning, there's always people kind of like in a different stage. They're kind of checking out the whole thing with church. And so if you're, not, if you're here and you're not a person of faith, you're just exploring the whole church faith thing, uh, then this second question is for you. Who in your life has possibly God used? You don't know for certain, but has possibly God used to help you have interest in faith or to re-examine faith or to give God a chance? Who is a person that's maybe been influential? Maybe they, they invited you to church today, okay? Uh, so what I want you to do is think about a person, and all you got to do is just tell them a name. You don't have to go into long details, and I, some of you will not follow directions. You'll just go into your story. I know that, but this is only like 10 seconds, okay? So find somebody. It cannot be a family member, okay? And so I, I encourage you to share with somebody who is a, uh, somebody you don't know. Because I want you to make some new friends this morning, okay? So do that right now. One of those two questions. And if you got to move, move, you know. Okay, I know you'd like to talk and not listen anymore, but, uh, but that's still, you know, I'll ask you to do is say a name, and some of you have said a lot more than a name, I heard that, you know, like, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, did you make any new friends? You know, I used, my kids, when I used to come home from school when they were younger, I'd always, you know, pick up from school and I'd ask, Keith, did you make a new friend today? He hated that, you know, and uh, so probably you hated it this morning too, okay, okay, um, what we're talking about this morning is this whole issue, and if you think about the people that God has brought into your life, it may have been a family member, several of the people mentioned moms and dads and spouses and kids and different things, but a lot of times it's people who just kind of show up in your life at different stages of life, and that's what we call a providential relationship. The word providential basically means this, it means it was seemingly accidental, seemingly accidental or unplanned, and uh, when we see people, and when I listen to stories, and I get to hear of a lot of faith stories that people describe their journey of faith, I hear things like, well, I met this guy, or I met this girl, and, and, you know, and, and they really kind of like jogged me in regard to my faith, or challenged my faith, and so that helped as well, or, or I had this professor in college, you know, and, and they, they challenged my faith, maybe against a faith or for faith, and so I had that as well, or, you know, then my... Uh, and my mom remarried, and my new father took us to church for the first time, and that may have been a deal for some people. Or I joined a team, and somebody on the team was a Christian, and they let it be known, and they became influential in my life. And you just go on and on and on and create all these different scenarios where we run into people along the way. And they seem uh, seemingly accidental, sometimes unplanned. But I believe that God uses those unplanned providential relationships in a real way to help us to grow. Because uh, as I think back in my own life, if you were to hear my own story, 
and I was thinking about this. I'm thinking of numerous people, but I had four in life that, that were people that kind of came into my life besides my parents, that were hugely influential. When I was in the eighth grade, I had a guy named Harry Stockton. And Harry was an was a ex-Marine. Uh, he was also an architect, but he was an ex-Marine. And he'd served two tours of duty in Vietnam. He was the head of an A-team there. And he would share stories in our Sunday school, seventh and eighth grade boys' classroom. He would share these stories of, uh, of, of, of uh, what happened over there and stuff. But he was also a person who would not only come to Sunday school and teach us, but he would spend time and hang out with us. He was the first, and this is eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. He was the first cool Christian that I ever met. You know what a cool Christian is? You know, when, when you're seventh and eighth grade, no Christian, no, no adult is cool. But, uh, but the reality was is that, that Harry was hugely influential. And I wonder sometimes later on down the road, I started the college and I had to pick a career. And guess what I chose to do? I was going to be an architect. In my first two years in school, that's what I was. And I keep thinking, I kind of thought back and was like, was that influential in that way too? Maybe so. And then there was a couple of guys along the way uh, that were summer youth pastors when I was like, one when I was in high school, one when I was in college age, two guys that came at my church. We didn't have a full-time youth pastor. We were a smaller church, and we had these guys that would come in, guys and girls that would come in, and they were there just for the summer to try to uh, encourage and build up some things and whatever. And they're usually college students, uh, usually in their junior, senior years of college, and they would come in for the summer uh, to do that. And, and one of the guys, Donnie Maston, I still remember to this day, Donnie uh, was so influential when I was 16. He was my summer youth pastor, and Donnie and I hung out a lot, and he was somebody that just embodied what it means to be a, a, just a warm, loving Christian. And, and then there was this other guy later on when I was in college, and he came, and his name was Frank Allen. And Frank Allen, not only was he a, a, a you know, he went to Baylor University and come there, and he was, a, he was a, played on a Baylor University tennis team. He was number six on the team. I learned to play tennis with, 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 with Frank, and uh, that was really cool. But we spent a lot of time after we played tennis and stuff talking about spiritual things. And I think about what a huge influence those people, those people were. And then later on in life, when I was in college, I encountered one guy. I, encountered, I went to a Christian school, Carson Newman College in Tennessee, and it's a Baptist-related school. And when I was there, I had all these professors and stuff. But one professor in particular, who was a visiting professor, came, and uh, he was, his name was Dr. T.B. Maston. And Dr. Maston had, been, had taught at seminary at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth for over 30, 40 years. And and now he was an elderly gentleman. You know, I was thinking the other day what I meant by elderly. He was probably like 10 years older than I am right now. Uh, and I'm going like, I wouldn't consider myself even close to being elderly, you know. But the issue is that I thought of him at the time as an elderly gentleman. And, and the thing I learned about him is that we were set, and this was a, a small school, and this was one of the smallest classes I ever attended. I had, we had nine people in the class, and we sat around a conference table. And we got to know each other. Just one semester is all I had influence from him. But the thing I saw from him was, I don't remember one thing he taught in the classroom. I really don't. What I remember is his example of what it meant to be a husband and a father. He had been married by the time I met him about 50 years. And he had a son who was in his, in his 40s, uh, who was handicapped and was in a wheelchair and, and was unable to do a thing. And he, every day, I would see T.B. Maston, Dr. Math Tom was his real name. Uh, he and his wife, Mommy is what he called her, uh, he, they would go around campus pushing their son around campus and would stop, and they would spend hours walking around campus talking to people, students there on that campus. And he would spend, you know, he was always had time 
uh, time for people, and he always had time to listen. And I watched how tender and how warm a person he was. It influenced me hugely in understanding how to be a Christian father and, 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 a, Christ, and a Christian husband. But I think about all, this, all of those were providential. I didn't plan any of them. They just happened. And so that's the thing that we need to understand. That sometimes when we have relationships, relationships usually influence us positively and sometimes negatively. Probably some of you could have stories in your life where you're thinking about, you know, I wish I had not had that relationship because that influenced me in the wrong way, you know? So it can, do, it can go either way. But the defining moments of our lives often revolve around relationships, good and bad, people uh, you feel like God put in your life, people you wish you had never, ever met, um, But the thing we know for certain is that God uses people to impact our faith. So the question is, today is this, how do you leverage that? If it's providential, how do you make that happen? You can't, I mean, last week we talked about practical teaching. You can place yourself in position to be under practical teaching. Uh, But you can't always make a, you can't make a providential relationship happen. It just happens along the way. And so what we want to talk about today, and I just want to give us a couple of verses today. We need to learn to leverage the healthy relationships that come our way providentially because some unhealthy ones are unavoidable in our life. And so I want to talk just, just for a minute about a couple of verses that, uh, that one's in the Old Testament, one's in the New Testament, that kind of explain this whole thing of how we can set ourselves in a position for God to pull it into our life, providential relationships, and so the two verses, the first one is actually in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. And uh, we've probably talked about this somewhere. I've been here 12 years. I'm sure we talked about this verse somewhere along the way. But the thing is, is that Solomon, who was one of the wisest men in the world, said this in Scripture. He says in Proverbs 13, 20, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. He's saying this, he's saying, the wisest man in the world is saying this, that the people you choose to surround yourself with have the potential to impact you spiritually. And so often we don't think about relationships in regard to the spiritual component, but people that can impact you spiritually can pull you down, and they can lift you up. And so he's basically saying, he said, the people that you choose to spend some time with, that if you choose to walk with wise people, if you do life with wise people, surround yourself with the right kinds of people, then God will use those relationships to create something good in you. And in this case, in the Old Testament, he says the context, it's wisdom. It's wisdom to know how to use life and, and to take the events of life and to, and to uh, uh, deal them in a, in a positive way. He's saying, uh, uh, Solomon's saying there's a spiritual component and again, for, for many of you, this is not new. You know this to be true. For some of you, this, this may be a little bit of a new category, that there's a spiritual component to relationships, no matter whether it's intentional or not, that'll draw you toward God or away from God. And we have to make sure that if we're going to leverage this whole issue of letting God bring into our life the right kinds of people to influence us in the right way, guess what? You've got you to hang out with wise people. And then Paul, the Apostle Paul says over in 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. The point Paul is making is this. Human relationships can have a negative spiritual impact. And you know, I, it's kind of like you, if you want to be, you know, sore with the eagles, who do you hang out with? Eagles, okay? 
If you want to you know, be a turkey, hang out with turkeys. You know, whatever the deal is, you know, you, it's basically saying that while you cannot, in a real sense, you, while you cannot make a providential relationship happen, you can leverage the relationships you have to make sure that you hang out with the right kind of people who will influence you towards God. And somewhere along the way, what will happen is, is that there'll be these providential relationships that happen in your life if you're hanging out with the right people. So that's basically what it's talking about here. The question is then, if this principle is if this principle that God is talking about is that works for us or against us, if this is a principle that God wants to use to leverage a relationship in order to blow up our faith, what do we do? What do we do? Let me tell you tangibly why we talk about all the time at Great Oaks, why we try to get you out of rows and get you into circles. Because, folks, I'm so happy you come and listen to me and Chris and Dan, whoever's speaking on a Sunday morning. But if all you do, if all you do is show up in the rows on Sunday mornings and get talk, you know, practical teaching hope is one faith catalyst. But God can, in great ways, influence you when you get in circles with, with people that you can interact with or you get with one-on-one with a, an accountability partner or, or a couple of guys. I mean, you heard in, this, in the video a while ago about how many people had people in their lives who they hung out with. You know, some of you guys are over there and you're kind of like, oh, I can't believe you said that, you know. <laughs> well, you probably knew he was going to say that, probably... I don't know if you got permission. Anyway, I'm seeing a couple guys over there that was in the video that, that were mentioned in the video a while ago by by Chris Lee. Um, but the thing is, is, is you, you put yourself in those situations, and that's why that's why we, we we understand. That's why we talk about folks. This is not. If you want to have big faith, you've got to place yourself in a position where you can interact with people other than just sitting in rows. I mean, this morning, that's the most any of you have ever interacted in this church, right? On a Sunday morning, I got you to talk to somebody. I mean, besides the meet and greet thing, huh? How are you doing? I'm great. My life sucks, but I mean, I'm great, you know? And then we, that's the way we act sometimes. We, we lie a lot in church. We do. We just don't want to go into the details, you know? Nobody really wants to hear them anyway. Sure, right. But the issue is, is that we do that, but, you know, that inter- we can't do that. But in a small group it, with interacting with people, maybe it's a Bible study at work, someplace like that is where you begin to build in the bridges and relationships that are so important in your life. And God wants to take those and take some of those special relationships along the way and turn them into providential, providential relationships where God uses that as well. That's why, that's why, and let me say this, that's why if you've been here very long and you've seen some of our baptism videos, because when we do, we always, we, we don't make it, I, I, I hesitate to even say this, uh, we don't make it mandatory that you do a baptism video, but we highly want you to. Because, it is such a powerful testimony to other people, even if you're terrified of it. Okay, I don't know what the deal with you know standing in front of. I got a, a camera back there running the whole service. Y'all know that's so the camera back there and videotape and everything. And and all these people that showed up in the little room over here last week, there probably some are going like, oh, I don't want to do this, you know, and we freak out. But the thing is, if you've heard the baptism stories that we do in the videos, I I, I can almost guarantee you. That every time we hear it, there's always there's some mention in there about the people that have influenced them to Christ. It's been people. 
I don't know if I've ever heard a story where people just say, well, God revealed himself to me, and me and God are buddies, and I didn't really need anybody else, just me and God. You know, we're good buddies, you know, and, uh, and, and, and it's all about God and me. Never. It's always about somebody influencing me in a direction. It could be a parent, it could be a friend, it could be somebody else that does that in our life. And we need to place ourselves in the position so God can use that as a leverage to grow our faith. Without the people that I mentioned a while ago, without the people that I mentioned a while ago in my life, I would not be where I am today in my life because of people that God has placed there. So, in light of that, we have to be intentional about pursuing relationships. And we have to do that. So, if you're married or if you're single, get in a group. Now, I know our groups are kind of winding down right now. For the spring, we have, and the summer is kind of crazy. But in the fall, when we start off, I mean, sign up now. We'll get you hooked up with somebody for the fall, okay? You need to be there. Students, you need to be in culture shift and breakaway. You need to be there to build relationships, not just because you hang out in a cool, because you will build, build relationships with some of the leaders that we have who will help you along the way, say the thing, same things to you that your parents are saying to you. And it could be the person like the Donnie Casins and the Frank Allens that spoke into my life years ago. I mean, I could have told them just to kind of get, get, you know, get lost, but I didn't. And they influenced my life in a huge way. Uh, Harry Stockton. I mean, if I, you know, here's this, this guy, ex-Marine, you know, he's, I'm in seventh grade, I know all things, you know. And Harry, I could have said, Harry, forget you, I'm not coming to Sunday school, but I went and Harry spent time and he influenced my life and I'm talking about him today. And the thing is, is that, that that's true in our lives. So put yourself in places where you will be exposed to the right people. Now, the flip side of this, and I'll close with this, is this. Some of you may already be doing that. You may already have placed yourself in a position where you already have people in your life that are, you, have you thought about, and you've mentioned it this morning, who are, you're having yourself in a position in a small group or with accountability or somewhere in life, people that are influencing you. And that's great. That's fantastic. But have you ever thought about that God may be placing you in a position to influence somebody else? Folks, God is, can use you if you'll just be open. And the problem is so often is we, we, we you know, let me tell you how I know that sometimes that God is positioning you. Because sometimes some of you probably, and I know you, I've heard this before people, sometimes there's people in your life that you have this burden for, that you pray about almost every day, that you know that are neighbors, that are friends, that are coworkers, that are people that go to school with you. And the problem is, is you pray about them because you wish that God would change because you look at their lives, you're not being judgmental, but you look at their lives and you go, if God would just help them to come to faith in him, if they would just grow their faith, this person would be so much better. And you pray pray about that and you pray about that but then you know what you don't do you don't do what you say well well you know i'm not going to speak into their life because that's none of my business let me explain something to you providential relationships so often start with an awkward conversation they start with an awkward conversation hey i've been praying about you and you're my friend, and I just want to tell you this that that i just really this is this and you start the conversation that way and as God begins to work in your life, God will he'll provide you with direction, and God can use you. You may be some, in somebody's story down the road because you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and be used by God to be somebody who helps somebody else to grow in their faith. You go like, well, I'm, you know, I don't know all this. You don't have to know everything. You just have to be a person who's willing to let God use you. See, providential relationships often start 
that way. See, this is a principle, I believe this principle of relationships and providential relationships that is, that is going, it's working all the time. It's going all the time. And you could either cooperate with it and benefit from it, or you could ignore it and miss out on what God's trying to do in your life. I used to tell students, and this is something we have in our student ministry on the wall of here. I mentioned this, this thing last week, but I was a student pastor for like nine years before I was a senior pastor. And, and I, one of the things I constantly talked to students about, and I heard this many, many years ago, and a guy named Duffy Robbins told me, heard this from him the first time. It's, it says this, your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. And, and parents hear that and they're going like, yes, i got to write that on the wall, put it on the refrigerator, show it to my student. Wait a minute, pause, time out. It works for you too. As a parent. It works at every stage of life. Your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Hang out with the eagles, soar with the eagles. Hang out with the turkeys, become a turkey. Okay. It's just the way it works. Because people are hugely influential, and God uses that as a leverage to help you grow in your faith. So, the question is this we close with. Who is God providentially using to ignite and grow your faith? Are you staying in contact with that person? If it's currently in your life, somebody God is using. And the flip side... Who has God put in your life that you can help grow their faith? Because God is looking for people that are willing to be used in great ways. Folks, the number one thing we know is this. Scripture is incredibly clear. God wants us to have big faith. And big faith means I trust you, God, in all areas of my life. When I read Scripture... Not only do I understand it, but I obey it and I do it. When I go out into the world, even when it's tough and, and it may be uncomfortable, I still follow you, God, and I trust that you have a plan and a purpose beyond who I am and what I see in front of me. So I would challenge you to consider the, those, two, those two questions. Who is God providentially using? Who has he used and who is he using in your life to help you to grow? And number two, who can you help as well? Along the way, God will use these relationships in a real way if you allow Him to. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.